y'all. Welcome back. This is your host, McKenna Miller, and this is Today on the Gram. Today, I have someone pretty special with me. Um, you know, I've known him for about 24 years. Um, he is, uh, we, you know, we share DNA, and he's little to me, but he's a big dude at like 6'2", and just, he's a big old dude. But today, I have my little baby brother on the call, um seth miller say hey seth hey seth <laughs> oh sorry um hey world to the podcast people how y'all doing my name is seth miller i am a geometry teacher at newman smith high school go trojans and uh looking forward to getting to have this uh, discussion where is newman smith high school uh, that is in Carrollton, Texas, born and raised, as you were as well. That's that's true. We were born and raised in the same house. I don't know. If, well, we weren't like born in the same house, but we were, anyway, we were raised in that house. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. So you said you're a teacher. Um, what were you doing before that? Where'd you go to school? Um, what What do you like to do? All that stuff. Uh, well, I was in ministry there for a time, uh, about eight months I was in ministry. Um, I worked as a, uh, essentially kind of a college, past a college pastor's intern is a good way to think of it. Um, and uh, I did that for about eight months, and then uh, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore, so I went ahead and went into teaching. Um, and... Uh, my degree, uh, I went to college at West Texas A&M University and my degree- Go Buffs. Yeah, go Buffs. And uh, my degree is in uh, accounting. So uh, makes sense as to why I'm a geometry teacher. You know, so. <laughs> it makes sense as to why I'm not an accountant and a geometry teacher. Yeah, right, yeah. Again, it's easy. Just put two and two together, right? <laughs> Hashtag math, so. Uh, what did dad used to say? Because oh, our dad was a math teacher. Oh, yeah. I was like, he is. No, he was because he's a principal now. But he was a math teacher. And all, oh, all his emails used to say, math is some fun. And it was S-U-M. Oh, my word. That is the cheesiest thing I've ever heard. So you know the funniest part? That's on my, that's on my uh, classroom. No. Uh, yeah, it's on my class, my virtual classroom, too. You're lying. No, I'm not even. I'm not even lying. But you know, I I would show you. But uh, I, you know, I, I I'll show you if you come home this weekend. But yeah, That's no, I'm not embarrassing. I'm sorry. Like I'm I'm feeling secondhand embarrassment for you. I'm no, I'm feeling secondhand embarrassment for your students. Like every time they have to look at that, like, ooh, you know, yikes. Great joke, man. It's, <laughs> it's fantastic because it is. You know, you see, it's a way. To, it's a way to you know lighten kids up, make them excited about math with punny jokes. Yeah. Do you like yeah. working with kids? Yeah, it's a good job. I like it. it. Probably the best the best part about working with the kids is, you know, for example, today I had a student who's just like wasn't grasping the concept at all. We were talking about exterior uh, angle, exterior triangle theorem, um, which is a super complex idea. It, it, it's simple in its idea, but to understand it takes a minute. Um, and she just, uh, she wasn't getting it at all. And then it's just like, I explained it to her step by step. And she was just like, it, 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 she just in a moment was like, oh my gosh, everything makes sense now. And I'm just like, there we go. That's the best feeling as a teacher. So I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the Enneagram. So, um, <laughs> so Seth, tell us what you identify as on the Enneagram. Um, well, uh, I, I don't know if I personally identify as it. No, um, I would say that from what I've seen on it and from what I've studied and from what everyone tells me about it and what they tell me about what I am, um, I would probably say that I am uh, the eight or the challenger uh, as it, it's referred to. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you've done enough studying on your own to know that, like, that's who you are, and, um, you know, I'm not going to tell you that, but you've been telling me that forever. I think you don't like the fact that you're an eight, but 
I don't like the fact that I'm a three and I don't know if anyone just like loves their number, but it's just, it's who we are. And, um, you know, there's times when we can be healthy or unhealthy, but, um, I want to talk a little bit about that. So at the beginning, um, just for, um, all of y'all, we are starting with eight, which sounds really random. Cause you're like, why would you not start with number one? Like this is, this is the Enneagram and there's nine numbers. Like it would just make sense to go chronologically. Well, um, like I talked a little bit about last week, we're going to go in triads. So number eight is first in the book that we're reading, um, in the road back to you by Suzanne Stabile and Ian Morgan Cron, but it's also the first in the, um, gut triad, which is also known as the anger triad. And so those numbers in the gut triad are eight, nine, and one. And these numbers are driven by anger. Um, the eight internalizes that anger. Um, the nine forgets it and the one internalizes it. And they take in and respond to life uh, instinctually or at the gut level, they tend to express themselves honestly and directly. So um, we're starting with eights because we're starting with the gut triad and they internalize anger. Um, but I want to give a little, just, you know, last week I gave a one sentence thing about the eights, but I want to give you um, a few more sentences of the different kinds of eights as far as what eights look like when they're healthy, when they're average, or when they're unhealthy. So I'm going to read these straight from the book. Healthy eights are great friends. They're exceptional leaders and champions of those who cannot fight on their own behalf. They have the intelligence, courage, and stamina to do what others say can't be done. They have learned to use power in the right measure at the right times, and they are capable of collaborating and valuing the contributions of others. They understand vulnerability and even embrace it at times. Average eights tend to be steamrollers more than diplomats. They are dualistic thinkers, so people are good or bad, opinions are right or wrong, and the future is bright or bleak. They prefer to lead, struggle, to follow, and use aggression to emotionally protect themselves. Many eights are leaders, and others follow them with little or no hesitation. They have little patience with people who are indecisive or who don't pull their weight. Unhealthy eights they are preoccupied with the idea that they are going to be betrayed. They're suspicious and slow to trust others. They resort to revenge when wronged. They believe they can change reality and they make their own rules and expect others to follow them. Eights in this space destroy as much as they create. Believing the world is a place where people are objects to be used and contributions from others have little or no lasting value. So those are the descriptions of the three different um, states that an eight can be in, either healthy, average, or unhealthy. So Seth, when you, when you first hear um, the description of, of that, what, what do you think? Currently, today, in your state, do you feel like you fall under the healthy, unhealthy, or average state? I actually feel like there's aspects of every single one that I fall under, uh, you know, because I mean, to me, you know, and that's that's one big thing, like I think that I starting to move into the more healthy side of it is the non black and white side, you know, it's like, a lot of times it is just purely, it's this or this, you know, um, and that's and, that, and and it's not it's not like, it's not like when when people think about eights that way it's not like we're trying to be aggressive or hostile in that it's that we just understand that this is how it's been and that this is how it's typically going to be um and i think i think that what moves that from an unhealthy idea is or to move that to a healthy idea from an average idea is not that you take that idea away but that you evolve that idea into understanding that it's going to consistently be that but it doesn't mean that there's not outliers there mm. it doesn't mean that there's not things that are going to change you know for example right we, i can use that example of that student today you know um doesn't grasp a lot of the concepts that i talk about you know but that doesn't mean they're never going to grasp one 
you know, like they grasped one today. Um, and so that doesn't mean that, you know, typically uh, what, what I would tend to think of is normally like that student is either smart or not smart, unintelligent. Um, and now I think it's more so that student's not just smart or, uh, or intelligent or non-intelligent, but they understand different things at different levels, even within the same concept of what you're talking about, like geometry I teach, and yet they understand some things, but not everything. Um, and so uh, I would say that I'm moving more into a healthy aspect there. Um, I would also say that with uh, aspects to leadership, um, I would say that that one was more so at, you know, was a lot of a steamrolling kind of an aspect, you know, it's like, it's the classic old saying, um, lead me, follow me or get out of my way. You know, um, a lot of aides don't mind. Uh, and, and I, and I think this is, this is, this is what takes the, the, the leading aspect from just an average to a healthy aspect is like, you don't mind that someone else is in control. Like you don't mind that someone else is leading, but you want them to be competent in their leading. You want them to be doing what you're, they're supposed to be doing. Um, and so I think that's the as, another aspect of a healthy eight. And so I think, I think I'm starting to get more to that point, but I was de I'm definitely more an average right there where it's just like, my goodness, kind of tired that you don't know how to do this. So get out of my way so that I can get it done. Mm -hmm. um, you know? And so uh, I think I'm definitely more on the average side there. And then, um, really the only one where it's a, it's a bad eight for me is, is the, the trust issue, uh, with a lot of people. Um, you know, I'm willing to talk about my life a lot with a lot of different people. Like, I don't mind that, but it's like, um, most of it I'm not going to share. And it's like, it's those things that can be used against me, you know, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of different things. Um, and it's because do what you trust me. Uh, I mean, you know pretty much everything about my life, so yeah. <laughs> hey yo, uh, hey yo, there's one. Um, you know, but it's you know, it's it's one of those things where it's just like um, a lot of the time, what uh, you know, what leads to an aid is that they have to grow up really fast, you know, um, and um, because of that, they start to, in my opinion, like at least for me, I know that I started developing a very negative idea of the world, a very negative um, sense of what the world can be, you know? Um, and a lot of people have a lot of hope and a lot of, you know, desires to see the world be um, something fantastic, which, you know, I do think that it can be, you know, but it's like, what, reality has shown me is that it's not going to happen you know um and so the trusting category is hard for me because i don't i don't want to allow someone to take advantage of that for like if i don't know you i'm not i'm you know don't expect i'll talk to you and i'll have fun you know we can hang out i'm definitely an extrovert but you know i'm not going to uh I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be telling you about what is what, you know, like something I'm currently struggling with or something like that, you know, um, because I feel like you could easily manipulate that against me, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, you think that AIDS have to grow up fast and that is, you know, a common thing that you hear. Um, about AIDS, do you have a situation or, or a story that that you think that you fall into that of having to grow up fast? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, so, I mean, you, I mean, you know the story with our brother and everything, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think mom and dad did the best they could by trying to shield us with that. But then when, when it came out, it just, it was kind of like, oh crap. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like now, uh, I guess, I guess to me, I kind of felt like, like, um, 
you know, like you, you're their daughter and, you know, you're, you're going to be able to um, be able to, uh, you know, make them proud and everything. And that's good. Um, you know, but I'm like, I, you know, I felt like I was their last chance at um, having a son that they could be proud of, uh, in my opinion. And that was a lot to be put all. <laughs> that's a to, lot to carry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot to put all on me. And, uh, and I think, I mean, when I started kind of feeling that way, I was, I was in like sixth grade. So mm. um, it was quite, it was quite a bit. Um, so uh you know and then uh, and i did not handle that pressure well um and so i you know i did a did a lot of wrong in my life um you know but uh that's okay you know because we learn from our mistakes and so um we 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 grow from that for, oh sorry uh, you know I feel, i'm talking to my sister i forgot that i'm talking to a podcast um, so, uh, for those of you who do not know, uh, our brother did, uh, a lot of drugs and, uh, got arrested a few times. Uh, and the first time he got arrested was, uh, the first time, like that, at least that I found out about his drinking and all that stuff was when I was in, uh, fifth grade, like late, 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 late fifth grade. Um, like literally like last month of school, kind of fifth grade. Uh, and then the first time he got arrested was when I was in seventh grade. So, yeah, um, but that is a small synopsis of our story with our brother, but so yeah that 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 probably that'd probably be the closest thing to it if I had to guess, but yeah, and yeah that's that is a lot to put on the shoulders of a fifth grader, um so that's pretty heavy, you know, and I didn't even know that you felt that way. I mean, I was dealing with it too, but in my own way, you know, um, Mm -hmm. we didn't really ever talk about it until we got older, I guess. Um, but well, let me ask you about, um, your initial, um, the, the way that you initially came across the Enneagram. So how did you, how did you hear about it? And, um, after hearing about it, you know, what process did you take to discover, um, you know, that you're an eight? Um, well, the first time I ever heard about it was with my friend, Brett. Um, shout out Brett Parker. You will, if you need a nine, he'll do it for you. Um, <laughs> Thanks. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but uh, he, uh, he's a cool dude. Um, I actually discipled him for a little bit there. Um, he asked me, so I was like, sure, man, why not? And so, um, and, uh, anyway, so we were, uh, we were just talking and, uh, he mentioned one day, he was like, oh, dude, you're such an eight, man. Um, and he was laughing because he, you know, nines and eights typically get along very, very well. And they're usually very good friends. Um, at least from what I've met. Um, I've never met a nine that I don't like and doesn't like me. Um, (laughs) But um, anyway, so he's like, he's such an eight. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's all like, well, dude, like, it's just part of the, it's like an Enneagram test. You know, have you ever done something where it's just like, like you take a personality test? And I was like, yeah, he's like, it's kind of the same thing, except a little bit different. And I was like, oh, okay. And so he like had me take the test and yeah, it came out as an eight. And it was, it was, it was a far eight, <laughs> but, um, didn't really know what it meant to be an eight. Um, and then, uh, and then you, you, you suggest you, you had the book. And so I read the book and that's how I've learned more about it. Cool. Can you recall a scenario in your life, um, where being healthy in your number has been a benefit to you? Um, yeah, no, I would say like it it it's both good and bad like at times like in my like it's been it's been beneficial but for the reasons that I don't really want like me personally as an eight I a, a lot of people look to me to lead but I don't necessarily want to lead all the time 
I would say that's like the only aspect of an eight that I'm not an eight in is that I don't want to lead 24 seven. Um, you know, uh, but it's, you know, it, it has been beneficial to me in the fact that like, um, when I am leading it, it, it things are going to get done. Like it's not going to stop. Uh, you know, uh, progress for the sake of progress demands, um, uh, progress for the sake of progress demands, uh, action, you know? Um, and so, uh, if I'm, if I'm in charge of something, if I'm doing something, it's, it's going to get done. It, it and that's, that's a part of being an aide, I guess, is we're very driven and very desiring to, um, uh, be able to do do those kinds of things so I think it's helpful in that aspect um, but again like I said I don't always want to be the leader but it kind of gravitates towards me a lot of the time um, you know for example for, for example this this happened to me before um, you know when it, at my last job um, we kind of allowed the students to ask us if they wanted to have us be their uh, you know disciples, you know, some, 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 some people in the leadership positions that we were in, they asked uh, specifically uh, to uh, be the disciples of certain people. Me, I, I didn't ask if I could be the disciple of anybody. I, I let them come to me, um, except for a few that I was assigned, but I was assigned them. So, you know, I didn't have a choice in that, but everyone else, I let them come to me and um, they all wanted to come and learn from me and now because of that like um uh let's see uh of the because it was pretty much my job to disciple uh guys last year um and of the nine that i discipled throughout the course of the year uh, one two three four five six six of the nine and the other three just didn't say anything. I didn't ask them this question, but six of the nine all said that they learned more under under my teaching than they have with any of their other disciples they've ever had combined. Um, and so, uh, you know, I guess I guess that my natural leader, per, my natural leader persona that I give off, I guess, is one that. Um, people feel like they can follow and one that uh, people want to follow sometimes, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Um, again, like I, now I'm trying to think from other people's perspectives um, and I don't know that answer. Um, but uh, what I can tell you is that those guys learned a lot and they benefited a lot from that time that we spent together, I guess. I don't know. Is that what you were looking for? Is that the right answer? I don't think there is a right answer, just more of your experience. But sure, if that was your experience. Um, so, you know, you talked a little bit about it being beneficial with, um, you know, leadership. Um, and you're also just like, I think eights are just very driven people and um, they're, they get done what they want to get done. Um, so I think that is a really great quality. I also think that eights are very, um, they're very loyal. So it's like they, it takes them so long to trust that when they finally do, it's like they, they trust hard and they stick up for people. Um, and they also have soft sides. And so I'm totally about to embarrass you, but, um, wow. <laughs> but um you know what we call Seth at home sometimes no. we no. say <laughs> we, we have not called Seth this in a very long time I want that on record that um, they have not called me this since I was like eight that's not true at all it's still his name in my phone um but his name in my phone is Sethy Bear and that is because no matter, you know, he is, he's an aggressive, you know, person being an eight. He's a large dude, um, scary lineman, 
but he is such a softy. Um, and so, you know, there are times when he can be, he can lean on his anger, but then there are so many times when he is just like, um, he is soft and kind and, um, just, it's awesome. Um, I'm the mean machine. The mean machine? Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, like with eights, um, there's some pretty, pretty important people that are known as like famous eights, um, which is just like crazy. Did you know that Martin Luther King Jr. is an eight? I've which, read like, the makes, That's what I did. That makes so much sense. And <laughs> Muhammad Ali, which is just like, oh, so cool. But you know, like when eights, um, with their security number so you know like you have a stress number and a security number so your stress number um is uh is a five and so when you're unhealthy you go to a five which basically means um you withdraw and you become less connected to your emotions um but when you're healthy or or, or when you're your your security number when you go to times of security um you go to a two, which twos are the helper. And so you're helping and you're kind and you're, um, you're just a, a big old Sethi bear. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but not, not forgiven. You know, um, I didn't want to read this. <laughs> so sorry. And you do forgive me, but um, I did want to read this quote in the book because um, like I said last week, I, I have found that I struggle with eights a lot of times just because um, there are times when I do find them to just be really aggressive. And so I don't even want to like deal with them, but that is like, just not the case. Like, I mean, it can be, I guess, but they're also just such um, kind and loyal people and they are so um, driven by justice, which is just awesome because, you know, we need to seek justice for the marginalized, but um, from the book, it says, not all eights speak loudly or karate chop the air with their hands to drive home a point in conversation, nor are they all physically intimidating people. These are stereotypes. Wow. Yeah, we got lots of those. <laughs> um, these are stereotypes, not personality types. Um, the defining feature of an eight is the overabundance of intense energy they radiate wherever they go, regardless of whether they are introverts or extroverts, big or small, male or female, liberal or conservative. Every eight I've ever known oozes confidence, fearlessness, and strength. So that's pretty cool because... I don't, I don't know. I just love this. I, I underlined it. I put a star and I wrote, I love this because I think that that alone right there, just reading that is a great reminder to myself of eights are great. And, you know, we're, I'm lucky to have you as a brother and I'm lucky to, um, to even know eights. Um, but especially to be related to one is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so you talked a little bit about, some of the good qualities of eights and some of your personal experience of that. But tell me about um, times in your life when your number has been challenging for you, either, you know, in school or in relationships or um, maybe through church. Uh, I, I've already got the number one answer on that one. It's like family feud. Number one answer. All right, all right. Good. Anyways, so um, no, I've got the number one answer on that one. So I would beat you at Family Feud. Just saying. Yeah, I would have. Anyways, you mentioned earlier that they're not always big. You know, that's a stereotype. You know. Um, however, as you've stated a few times, I'm a very large man. <laughs> I'm a very large man. You know, I'm I'm six two, and right now I'm. Uh, uh, no, wait, no. My sister's not allowed to hear the the, the weight. Can I close your ears? Real you quick? would tell everyone on the podcast, but not me. Yeah, close your ears real quick. Okay, I'm closed. They're closed. I don't think they're closed. I can't see your fingers in your ears. They're closed. 
All right, well, right now I'm at 285, tracking down, you know, but I'm at 285 right now. So 6'2", 285, you can unclose your ears now. Um, you see, I knew they weren't really close. <laughs> well, you know I'm going to have to, like, listen to it again to edit it, so. Anyways, 6'2", 285, tracking down, uh, you know, but, um, you know, uh, the, num the, the number one, you know, I am a very big dude, and because I exude a lot of energy, um, and I just, you know, I, and, and what's even makes it even worse is I'm also a extroverted, uh, dude who exudes a lot of energy and is very large. So what is that? How intimidating does that sound? If you are like a little five foot two female who I'm trying to just, you know, have a conversation with normally, um, it sounds pretty freaking intimidating and you know that that'd probably be where I have the most struggle is 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 with um it's just with 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 women and the the opposite gender feeling uh feeling intimidated or like uncomfortable or something like that and, and I don't mean to be uncomfortable like make them uncomfortable in any way it's just like threatened even yeah yeah so you know kind, kind of yeah something like that yeah good 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 inserting of a word there yeah no like th threatening or something like that you know um and, and that's not what i mean at all like i just i'm just there trying to you know get to know them ha have fun and you know and it's like it's not even like it's not even like if we're like one-on-one -on -one. it's like it's like in party settings or anything like that and i and i totally get it like i understand um you know i'm i'm a very large dude and what about um your relationships with your family has there ever been any controversy um it's 100 percent good okay cool um i will just remember that for when i'm home again <laughs> no uh no because uh you know as my sister stated earlier she has a problem with people being intimidating and challenging at times, um, you know, she's gotten better about it because she's learned more about them. But you know, she has a problem with it because, and, and that's not her fault. You know, she'll probably give you her whole spiel when she comes in for six. Oh, maybe I can do her interview for six. Anyways, um, you know, oh, that's what I meant. Sorry, she could probably you know give you that whole thing there. But um, you know, typically. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever I am, and this, this is a big thing, whenever I am uh, uh, trying to have a conversation with someone, a lot of times I'll, like, if I ask them, like, like, how was your day, right, and they just say good, I don't want to just know your day was good, you know, like, I want to know why it was good, you know, so I'm like, well, why was your day good? You know, and a lot of people, a lot of people perceive that as like trying to be intimidating or trying to be, you know, trying to make you question whether or not your day was good or something like that. And it's like, no, I'm just actually trying to figure out why your day was good. Okay, but uh, like you do that though. Like, you know that like, like every time that I'll be like, hey, um, even just like, hey, what are you doing tonight? You'd be like, why? And I'm like, I'm just, I'm wondering. And you're like, well, well why? Like, like, and I'm like, well, do you have a football game? What? Well, why do you want to know? And I'm, just because I want to know if you're going to be home or not. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I do. But, but like, why do you need to know that? Like, like, why do you get so defensive of something of just asking like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Okay. So now I know how threes perceive eights because that is not how the conversation went. Um, but... That's okay. Whenever it sounds like an eight is trying to challenge you or trying to make you question what you're thinking or why you're thinking what you're thinking, in all honesty, they're probably not even doing it against you. They're entirely doing it so they can find out something easier. They can understand other people more. Um, you know, uh, there, you know, there's an old saying that says knowledge is power. And I think that eights kind of take that to an extreme a lot of the times. Um, and we just, we want to figure out everything. We think that there's always a back motive to something a lot of the times. 
not all the time, but a lot of the times there's a back motive to something and we want to figure out what that back motive is. Like, so for instance, using that example as to why you said, do you have any plans tonight and why? Um, I said, uh, because the reason I said why was not because I was trying to challenge you or because I was trying to make you feel like change your thoughts or anything like that. But I was asking you because I thought that you had like a back motive to wanting me to do something else, you know, um, like, you know, if I hadn't had plans, then, you know, me and you were going to go to the movies and it's like, well, I didn't really want to go to the movies. I don't want to go to the movies during COVID. Just throwing that out there. Okay. But for instance, but, but okay. But the thing is like one of the traits of, um, eights can sometimes be, um, like controlling, not necessarily like a control freak, but wanting to be in control of their own life, of a situation. And so like, would you say that like part of that, of you being like overly questioning is because you want to be in control of the situation and like you want to um, make sure you know what's happening or you plan what's happening? Like, do you think part of that plays into it? Uh, probably more, yeah. I'd say so, um, and it's and it goes back to that that thinking like that sometimes you're gonna be you think you're gonna be betrayed because you have a you know a kind of a bleak sense of the world, and so you know it's like I can't control um, you know I can't control what they say, but what I can do is I can try and manipulate the conversation into what I want it to be mm. is, is essentially what the thought becomes is a way to think of it, I guess. Um, you know, and so, um, and I mean, it's not, it's not good, you know, but it, it, it's, 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 it, it's, it just, it's, you do it naturally without thinking, you know. What about like, even in, um, you know, like, again, with relationships, either like with your students, or with your family, um, or even just like your peers, like, talk about, um, like, the respect that you feel for people who challenge you back, or, or just like, like, wanting to start arguments, or, um, or things like that. Do you, do you find that to be like a benefit, or um, a challenge? like a hindrance like like what do you think about that do you do you feel that you do that because I feel that you do that do I make it do I like do I make what a benefit or a challenge no I just mean like do you think that you give respect to people who argue back with you like do you think that you start arguments do you think that you want people to challenge you back um so and again, I think, and I think a lot of people misunderstand that part of it, the argument aspect. Um, I think a lot of times it's not about trying to start an argument. It's about trying to develop knowledge between the parties. Um, and so, you know, um, now, do I have more respect for somebody? Who, I, I understand what you're asking. Do I have more respect and uh, for somebody who shows a little backbone and stands by their own ideas and their own concepts. Yeah, no, I, I respect that a little bit. Um, do, you know, um, but, uh, I also don't think that eights are desiring as much to, uh, have people, um, be, uh, I, I don't think they're desiring as much to, create arguments as they are desiring to create conversation where both parties benefit, but sometimes one party doesn't perceive it as a benefit. They perceive it as, well, he's trying to, he or she is trying to change the way I'm thinking or alter that, you know, um, which is in my opinion, not the case, you know, like I don't, I don't need you to think the same way that I do. I just want to see why you think the way you think. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's talk about a little bit about um, like our spiritual life and how that ties in with our Enneagram number. Um, I'll start with sin and then we can get the, we can end on a good note. So eight's deadly sin is lust. Um, in the book, it says eight's lust after intensity. It can be seen in the excessiveness they evidence in every area of life. Domineering and confrontational, eights present a hard, intimidating exterior to mask vulnerability. So where in your life do you think that that um, comes to play? And like, how is that something that you have to overcome daily? Do you, do you think that applies to you? No, I definitely think it applies to me. Um, and I think it goes back to the aspect of just like, you know, wanting more than people are willing to give, I guess. Like, trying to think of it, like, you know, if I, if I am talking to a person, you know, I don't want it to just be hey, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. Good. All right. Move on. All right. Yeah, next day. All right. You know, like, I don't, I don't like that. You know, I don't think there's any, you know, I don't gain any knowledge about you. You don't gain any knowledge about me. Um, you know, and some people find that to be like the most caring and considerate thing in the world to just say, oh, hi, how are you? Good. Oh, all right, cool. You know, and they find that to be the most kind and considerate thing in the world. But to me, you know, I think that, you know, that shows a lack of interest, you know, and um, and so I would say that I lust after intensity by, uh, the, whenever I, um, say, uh, you know, like, well, you know, why are you doing good? Okay. Well, well, why do you need to know? Like what, um, why is that relevant? You know, things like that. Um, when I try to go past the surface level a little bit into something more deep and something more um important you know um you know and i think that's you know lusting after intensity because that's not you know that's not me you know taking into consideration how those questions might make that person feel you know i'm only thinking of myself at that point and not of that other person um so, yeah. Okay. Um, well, on the good side of our spirituality, um, in your own personal spiritual development, um, or I guess like your soul care time, um, how do you think your number comes into play with that? Um, like what activities do you gravitate towards? Scripture. Okay. So reading the word, like, communally or by yourself um writing scripture memorizing reading reading it and re reading it you know um and that is one thing i will say you know um and whoever wants to disagree with me can disagree with me on this this is one thing that i don't back down from and if it makes me an unhealthy aid it makes me an unhealthy aid but um scripture is black and white it has set rules. It has set um, understandings, um, and you can see them all when you look at it as a whole. Um, now, that doesn't mean that we cannot, you know, discuss our differences. Um, but the thoughts that I have and the understandings that I have, I've come to find out that they are true, um, and uh, <clears throat> I've done that through much reading of scripture and I do do it uh, like I, I'll do it solo and then I take it to uh, fellow brothers in Christ to uh, for affirmation as to whether or not my findings are true or false. Um, and so uh, yes to both whether it's communal or individual. It starts out individual and then goes to communal. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, that is all I have today as far as questions um, for you, Seth. Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Uh, yes, one thing. 
When it, come, when it comes to eights, man, we want you to know that it is not personal, okay? <clears throat> we are very intense. We have very high energy, and we get it that we get that it's a lot, okay? But we don't mean anything personal, or at least most of us don't mean anything personal. Uh, I can't. I guess I can't speak for all these, but at least speaking for myself, no matter what, if you feel like we're trying to be rude or something like that. It's not personal. It's just, it's just how we communicate. It's how we talk. We don't like to beat around the bush. Um, we get to the point and we, you know, and that, and that's part of becoming a healthy aid is learning how to beat around the bush because, you know, you're pretty much the only one in the entire thing that doesn't beat around the bush at all. Um, and so learning how to beat around the bush and learning how to communicate with others is a way that um, you move from that average to a healthy version of yourself. Um, and so that's, you know, and that's something I want, you know, everyone to know is that it's like, you know, if someone is acting like that, it's not because they um, want to be rude or they want to make you feel like you're insignificant, but it's because they just, they don't know how to communicate any other way. Um, a lot of times any like trying to beat around the bush feels like wasting time or uh, feels unnecessary or so on and so forth. Um, so just, you know, FYI kind of a thing. But that, that yeah, that's all I would say. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, um, that's all I have today for eights um, on today on the gram. Um, I am going to play a song right now. There is this really great band called Sleeping at Last, and they came out with an album not super long ago, um, but it is their depiction of every single Enneagram number through song. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and play one of these after every single week um, that y'all can listen to, and I really hope that you'll listen to not only the lyrics of the song, but the way that they play it um, based on those different types. Um, it's really beautiful. So I'm really excited for y'all to hear that right now. I remember the minute Was like a switch was flipped Was just a kid who grew up strong enough to pick this armor up And suddenly fit So long ago, long ago, long ago I was little, I was weak and perfectly naive And I grew up too quick Now you won't see all that I have to lose And all I've lost in the fight to protect it I won't let you I wanna break these bones till they're better I wanna break them right and feel alive You were wrong, you were wrong, you were wrong My healing needed more than time When I see fragile things, helpless things, broken things I see the familiar I was little, I was weak, I was perfect too Now I'm a broken mirror But I can't let you see All that I have to lose All I've lost in the fight to protect it I can't let you in I swore never again I can't afford to let myself be blindsided I'm sending apart I'm falling apart And all I want is to trust you Show me how to lay my soul down 
I'm just a kid who grew up scared enough to hold the door shut and buried my innocence. But here's a map, here's a shovel, here's my Achilles heel. I'm all in palms out, I'm at your mercy now, and I'm ready to begin. I am strong, I am strong, I am strong enough to let you I just, I just love that band and I love these songs and I'm so excited for y'all to hear more of them. Um, and if you want to go ahead and cheat and listen to the whole album, be my guest. Again, I would love for y'all to send me um, any questions that you have either through text or through email. Um, we do still have copies of The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile up at the church. If you want to buy a copy of that, they're $10. Um, and I'm just so excited to keep going on this um, journey to self-discovery with y'all. Um, I'm having fun and I'm doing my best, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, and I can't wait for y'all to hear from my special guest next week when we talk about nines. I love nines. So I'm really excited about that. Um, join us next week on Today on the Grand.